is who he is. Jesus is claiming to be the great I am. The voice of the burning bush, the one who said, let there be light. And there was light. Do you know who that little baby born in Bethlehem was? You're listening to the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance. It's our goal to build up believers and reach out with God's truth to all people. Now, here's Pastor Michael. They respond and they say, well, who are you? Jesus said, what I've been saying to you from the the beginning. What do you mean? That wasn't clear enough that I just said I am? That I just said unless you believe that I am, you'll die in your sins? Well, who are you? We need a little bit more. Do I need to open the eyes of another blind person or unstop the ears of another deaf person or cast out another demon or hush the sea again for you to believe? Oh, later I'll call Lazarus out of the grave, but you won't believe even when I do that. So Jesus says, I have many things to speak to judge concerning you, but he who sent me, that's the Father, is true. The things which I heard from him, these things I speak to the world. They did not realize that he'd been speaking to them about the Father. When he said, he sent me, they, they didn't get it. Maybe they thought of a human father, or I don't know. Jesus 28, therefore said, when you lift up the Son of Man, primarily the reference there is the cross, then you will know that, what? I am he, and I do nothing on my own initiative, but I speak these things as the Father taught me. When you lift me up on the cross, you'll get it. Do you remember when Jesus died on the cross, the centurion said, certainly this man was the Son of God. Do you remember the cataclysmic things that happened? It was dark at noontime from noon to three. The earth shook. The tombs broke open. There was some radical stuff going on. A whole lot of shaking going on. And some people woke up when they realized what was going on, that there were signs of divine judgment coming on Jesus as he said, Father, Forgive them. As he said, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? As he struggles with the agony of the cross. Now, when he spoke these things, look at verse 30, there were many who came to believe in him. That's great news. Many, but not all. But many believed. So notice the power of the statement. Many people believed. And he said to them, look at 31. Jesus was therefore saying to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, then you are truly my disciples, or truly disciples of mine. If you hold to my teaching, NIV, you are really my disciples. And you shall know the truth. What truth? What he's been saying about himself. And the truth shall what? Make you free. Do you know that the truth that makes you free is actually the truth about the identity of Jesus. That's the context. So you know how people say, you know it says somewhere, the truth shall set you free. And most people think that means like any kind of truth. Like, you know, just if you find out the truth about a matter, it'll set you free. And maybe there's a connotation to that, but that's not the direct setting. It's the truth about who he is that makes you free. It's receiving and abiding in that truth that makes you free. Everybody got it? 
That's what he's saying. If you truly have come to me and you're convinced of who I am, then abide in that reality and you'll be free. How many people are looking for freedom today? How many people are longing for peace? How many people sleep a couple hours a night because their minds roll over all these big questions unanswered constantly and consistently? What am I gonna do? Where's my life going? What am I gonna, how am I gonna get peace? How am I gonna do, how am I gonna? And we have the answer. I'll tell you this, send these seven I I am statements to someone who doesn't know the truth about Jesus. Let them just think about them. I would imagine that they'll probably be open at least to listening to what he had to say. And so he says, you'll know the truth. The truth will make you free. They claim that they've never been in bondage to anybody. You ever been talking to a friend who's not a believer and you go, man, Jesus will make you free. And they're like, dude, I got no worries about being free. I'm good. I'm not a slave. I got no problems with bondage kind of stuff, you know, in terms of being, being under the bondage or the weight of uh, uh, some sort of sin that I can't overcome. And then you look at the 17 things in their life that are destroying them. Oh, but I want to be free. I, I talked to one guy outside the gym and I said, hey, you need to know Jesus. And he goes, no, no, I want to be free to do what I want to do. Okay. So you won't come to the God who made you because you want to do what you want to do, whatever that means. I did what I wanted to do for about the first 20 something years of my life. Pretty much made a mess of things. <laughs> and then I started trying to do what he's asked me to do. And I found a deep contentment, a deep mission. Not an easy life. No, 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 no. But profound, weighty stuff that answers questions not only for here, but for the next life. Amen? That's what I'm living for. If therefore the Son makes you free, what will happen? You'll be free indeed. Here's the problem, 37, but my word doesn't have a place in you. I heard uh, David Jeremiah say, even Mary who bore Jesus in her womb had to experience a rebirth in her heart. He who took up abode in her womb had to take up residence in her heart. We have to be born again. We have to be born from above. We have to be born from God Almighty. It has to be a spiritual birth. Well, there's a lot of back and forth, a lot of tough stuff that goes on we don't have time to get into. I would encourage you to read it later. They accuse him of having a demon of being a Samaritan. They, they accuse him of just about everything under the sun. And let's skip ahead to verse 56. They've been claiming that they're from Abraham. Jesus says, no, actually the devil's your father because he's the God of this world. There's a lot of impolitically correct language in the text. And Jesus says, your father Abraham, this one that you keep talking about, he rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. Now, those of you who have been Bible studies on John 8, what was the day? What day? How did Abraham see Jesus' day? Probably up on Mount Moriah when he took Isaac up there and acted out the cross, which would happen 2,000 years later. So Abraham lives about 2,000 years before Jesus. 
But when he was about to sacrifice his son and he was stopped by the angel of the Lord, there he saw the gospel. He saw Christ's day, the day that was coming, the cross, and even uh, by Isaac living the resurrection. The Jews therefore said to him, you're not even 50 years old. This doesn't mean that Jesus was close to 50. We know he died about the age of 33 but it's a round number. You're not even 50 years old. Abraham lived 2,000 years ago, and you've seen Abraham? Some ancient manuscripts actually say, and Abraham's seen you? And Jesus said to them, truly I say to you, before Abraham was born, are you ready? Fasten your seatbelts. I am. Now, just in case we think, well, maybe Jesus was just, you know, saying uh, something different. Like, he's not really claiming to be God. Maybe they just, maybe modern scholars just misunderstood the statement. Look at the response of the Jewish religious leadership. Therefore, in light of the statement, they what? They picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. Oh, they knew what he was saying. And in Leviticus, it says you can be stoned for blasphemy, and that's what they wanted to do. They picked up rocks to condemn him as a criminal against the law of God. And of course, it wasn't his time to die. He would not die in that way, and so he was veiled from them, whatever, whatever that looked like. Now, I want to show you, as we wind down, the statement in Exodus 3. So let's turn over. It's the second book of the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus Chapter three, this great I am statement, where does it come from? Why did they get so upset? Uh, how is it that this makes Jesus claim that he is God? Let's, uh, just for the sake of time, we know that Moses is out there in the wilderness uh, now near Mount Horeb, and uh, he sees this burning bush. So he sees a bush that burns but's not consumed. And if you've seen the movie The Ten Commandments with Cecil B. DeMille, you kind of get the idea, right? So it's burning, but it's not consumed, and it becomes a picture of the nation of Israel. The fire is burning them, the fire of affliction and slavery in Egypt, but they're not consumed because of the mightiness of the God of Jacob. Therefore, you are not consumed, O Israel, because I am the same. I don't change. I love you. And so Moses is called by God to be the deliverer, to be the mouthpiece. And Moses, you know, informs God about a few current events like, uh, Lord, you may not uh, know this, but I don't talk very well. I'm not a good public speaker. And uh, maybe you got the wrong guy. <laughs> uh, there's, there's more excuses that come a little bit later. But Moses is the guy. And uh, if you feel unqualified for ministry, you're qualified that's the first thing we look for. We ask somebody to do something, they say, oh, I don't feel like I could ever do that. And we say, good. Good, because then you're gonna have to rely on God's power. You qualify. Welcome to the club. Join the whole litany of people who said, I'm the least in the, don't you know who I am? I can't speak well. God says, oh, I know who I called. I knocked on your door today for a reason. I know who you are. Are you sure, Lord? Yep, I'm sure. You're gonna be the guy. Lord, here I am, send him. Lord, here I am, send her. And the Lord says, no, you're going. Remember the cowardly lion outside the witch's castle? 
Wicked witch or no wicked witch, I'll do it for Dorothy, right? I'll tear them up. <laughs> You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. But first... Is it proper for Christians to celebrate Christmas? The Christmas season can appear to be a conflict of messages, images, and sentiments. The Origins of Christmas DVD will address frequently asked questions such as, do we know Jesus' actual birth date? Did the early church celebrate the birthday of Jesus? Did Christians really steal Christmas from a pagan holiday? The Origins of Christmas DVD wraps up with a practical answer to one final question. Is it proper for Christians today to celebrate Christmas? And if so, how? Get your copy of the Origins of Christmas DVD today when you visit walkintruth.com. Now back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth. I feel like I could ever do that. We say, good! Good, because then you're going to have to rely on God's power. You qualify. Welcome to the club. Join the whole litany of people who said, I'm the least in the, don't you know who I am? I can't speak well. God says, oh, I know who I called. I knocked on your door today for a reason. I know who you are. Are you sure, Lord? Yep, I'm sure. You're going to be the guy. Lord, here I am. Send him. Lord, here I am. Send her. And the Lord says, no, you're going. Remember the cowardly lion outside the witch's castle? Wicked witch or no wicked witch, I'll do it for Dorothy, right? I'll tear him up. Woof, woof. And, and then he says, I just got one thing to ask of you fellas. And they say, what's that? And he goes, talk me out of it. <laughs> Classic scene. Anyway, we all feel that way. And that's how Moses felt. Verse 13, Exodus 3, Moses said to God, Behold, I'm going to the sons of Israel, and I shall say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. Now they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? Pivotal moment for Moses, for the nation. And God said to Moses from the burning bush, and by the way, earlier it says it's the angel of the Lord. We believe it's Jesus in the bush saying what he would say later to the religious leaders. I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am has sent me to you. You want to know, Moses? Here it is. This is what you tell them. Now, there's two primary uh, uh, ways to walk this out. And I wish I had more time, but let me just give you the scriptures in rapid fire. Many scholars like F.F. F. Bruce and others believe that the I am he statement links to many scriptures in Isaiah in rapid fire. Isaiah 41.4 calling forth generations from the beginning. I, the Lord, am the first, and with the last, I am he. In Isaiah 43, 10, understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, and there will be none after me. Even verse 13, Isaiah 43, from eternity, I am he. There is no one who can deliver out of my hand. I act, and who can reverse it? Isaiah 43, 25, I, even I, am he the one who wipes out your transgressions for my own sake and will not remember your sins. Isaiah 46, 4. 
even to your old age, I shall be the same, ESV, I am he. And even to your graying years, praise the Lord, even to your graying years, how many of you can say amen to that? Some of you aren't there yet. But in certain lights, I have more gray hair than in other lights. Why is that? Because I have gray hair. It's just a reality. It's tough. I know there are certain aisles where you can cover it up, but even sometimes that looks a little strange. And no, I haven't gone there yet for the top, but... Uh, I have friends that are accusing me. But in certain lights, there's more gray, but the light exposes the reality. <laughs> well, that was just a personal rant for a second there. Anyway, Isaiah 48, 12 says, listen to me, O Jacob, even Israel, whom I called, I am he. I am the first, and I am also the last. I am the eternal God. Now that's, uh, supplementary to Exodus, but that's where many scholars believe this comes from. I am who I am in Hebrew is eye, esher, eye. It could simply mean I am or I am who I am. The question, what is your name? Well, when God answers, he answers by revealing his nature. In fact, the, the letter Aleph is like R-A, and it's within the I am response. And what he is saying is, I'm the beginning, I'm the end. In the language, it means I'm the creator and sustainer of the universe. I am God. I am. Not I used to be, not I will be, although that can be implied in the language because he's eternal. I am, I am the self-existent one. I don't need anybody to make me. Who made God? Tell me that, Christian. You ever heard that one before? God doesn't need a creator because he is the uncaused cause. What do you mean? Ouch, that hurts. I need another donut. Here's what it means. <laughs> Contingent things need a creator. Anything that had a beginning needs a beginner. We are in a building because there was a builder. Paintings exist because there's a painter. I hold a Bible because somebody put the Bible together. This did not evolve over millions of years, starting with an explosion. And then all the information. DNA is much more complex than a book that you would hold in your hand. There's a creator. You can't have a world without having a cause for the world. Because if there was nothing before there was something, how can nothing make something? Hmm. I heard Charlie Campbell say to his daughter, honey, how would you define nothing? She said, daddy, six years old. Daddy, nothing is no thing. And he went, oh, <laughs> Oh, yes, out of the mouth of babes. Nothing is no thing. And from no thing, you can't get anything because no thing is nothing. <laughs> Think about it. How could you have a world where even scientists said it had a beginning and claim it's a big bang if before that there was nothing to even cause a bang because nothing is no thing. <laughs> Everybody got that? All right. 
See if, see if you can use that one in your next conversation. Now when, God, when you see the word Lord in your Bible, it's YHVH or YHWH, it's called the tetragrammaton. Tetragrammaton. It's literally a word that means the four letters. So when you see Lord capitalized in your Bible, it's YHWH or YHVH. And it, we, best we can do, because we don't have the vowels, is Yahweh or Yahweh. In the Hebrew picture language, the name of God connecting with the I am, but this is the word for Lord or YHWH, means the maker of all that is. This is implied within the name. It's the hand uh, that, from which all comes into being. It's the self-existent one. It's the letters yud Hey vav Hey. The Yud is a hand in the Hebrew picture language. It's the one who holds everything in his hands. It, it's true, the old song is true. He's got the... <laughs> In his hands. That's, you guys, this is when it happens when uh, you sing the birthday song at work and everybody's off key. <laughs> People look around and say, keep your day job. Come on, man. Anyway, this is who he is. Jesus is claiming to be the great I am. The voice of the burning bush, the one who said, let there be light. And there was light. Do you know who that little baby born in Bethlehem was? Oh, it's amazing. The great I am entered our world. Why? Because he loves you. Do you know who loves you? Do you know who he is? Do you know when you read about him, that's who you're reading about? Do you know him? Have you made that commitment to say, yes, I will respond because I want those results. I want life. I want to know you. Doesn't it make sense that you wouldn't be satisfied or complete until you know the one who made you? Would you pray with me? We're going to take communion. Father, thank you so much for this powerful section. I feel like we've just walked on holy ground and I think every pastor teacher would say, I hope we did at least some justice to the profound gravity of these statements. They're beyond what I could even probably give uh, the right descriptions to with words, but thank you for the metaphors of bread and light and rushing water and the door to pasture and the way to heaven and the vine and the branches. Thank you for giving us things that we can hold on to, Lord. Ultimately, we have to open our heart to you. That's the key to this whole thing. Would you keep your head and heart bowed? If you've not met this great I am, if you didn't know who Jesus really was, if you've seen it clearly for the first time, or maybe you've been just hanging around the edges of it, but you haven't really understood that he is God, ask him into your life, something like this. Lord Jesus, I believe, say it out loud if it's you, I believe that you are who you claim to be. I'm gonna receive you as my God, my Lord, and my Savior. I turn from my sin. I don't wanna die in it, Lord. I don't wanna die without you. And I put my trust in you for my salvation. I believe, pray it if it's you, don't wait. 
I believe that you took my sin at that cross. I believe that you forgive. I believe that you rose from the dead just like you said you would. And I want to know you. I want to know the power of your name. I want to know the power of your resurrection. When I suffer, I even want to know I can have fellowship with you in my suffering. I want to live for that which will last. Lord, for those who have opened their hearts, those who have rededicated their lives, those who maybe just, they needed a word of encouragement about who they follow, who they've given their life to. May you bless them, may you keep them, may your beautiful face shine upon them. May you give them peace and the knowledge of their Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and may each of us grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. As we come to your table, Father, and remember his great sacrifice, we look forward to his second coming. Pray that you'd bless the bread. Let, me, let us be spiritually nourished. Bless the cup. Let that vine life come into us, Lord. Renew us, stir us, strengthen us to love and good deeds, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, friends and listening family, I really appreciate you listening to this message, this most important message called I Am. Jesus made some incredible claims, and he backed them up. He is who he said he is. Today on Walk in Truth, we've presented this incredible teaching from the Gospel of John. It's so important. I would encourage you to go back and listen to it again. Share it with a friend. Well, we're going to begin a study next time in the incredible book of 2 Peter, and we're looking forward to presenting that to you on Walk in Truth. God bless you. Appreciate you listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, encouraging you to reach out with God's truth to all people.